0: Ahoy, Buck fans. Are you looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now. Let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Rick, welcome to the
1: first L edition of the 2022 season of the No Quarter Given podcast. A somber week after the tough loss to the Green Bay Packers, 14 to 12. I'm your host, Jason Powers. Peter Blake's with us as well. Welcome, Mr. Blake.
2: Yeah, I'm here. It's uh you, you would think we're talking to a lot of Bucks fans that the season was over with, but you have to remind them that the Bucks are still 2 and 1. And if you went through this stretch of games and you won two on the road and you lose the in the fashion that you lose to of course to the Packers, which are a high-powered offense, I think you would be pretty happy, right, Jason Powers? I mean, just saying, the season isn't over yet.
1: Oh, yeah. Please, please, yeah. Tell all our Bucks fans to settle down. Before we get to the game review, we do have to give a quick little public service announcement. Obviously, we know we have a lot of Buck fans all over the state of Florida. Hopefully, you're staying safe during this storm. Peter and I are down here in the Tampa Bay area as well. So I think we're, sounds like the storm is going to kind of veer more towards the Sarasota area to all of our Buck fans in that part of the part of the state definitely take care of yourself seek shelter if need be and all that but again all over the state of florida uh there's gonna be a lot of wind and rain and some flooding and all that stuff so don't take this for granted and stay safe buck fans all over the state of florida yeah stay safe uh you know whether the track
2: goes the way it goes right now was supposed to go north now it's going south it kind of resembles charlie from 2004 so if it does that that's a good thing but at the end of the day you're still going to get a lot of rain but don't worry we got you covered here on buckpower.com network for your no quarter given podcast
1: yeah the good thing is everybody's maybe if people are having to be in shelters and not be able to work and all that good stuff you got more time to catch up on your on the no quarter podcast that you maybe have missed the first two episodes
2: exactly that's what i'm talking about you know there's always a positive to everything
1: that's right. No quarter given podcast presented by Beef Brady's in Tampa here on the corner of Bush and Himes Avenue. And then one other note, I know Peter and I were supposed to be doing a remote on Thursday for the Cincinnati Miami game. We are not going to be doing the remote, obviously, because of the hurricane coming to uh, in, in the Bay Area on Thursday. But we will make that up in October. We'll be we'll be definitely back at uh, Beef's doing some uh, other remotes. We know we're going to be there October the 8th, which is Saturday, the 8th. For Alabama and Texas AM. I know that's the big college game that weekend. so we're gonna be there for that as well. We'll be there as well a couple of Thursdays in the month of October as well. So definitely again, we'll be uh, we'll let you know, keep you updated on the dates. check us out on social media for the exact dates of when we'll be back at Beefs to do our live remote, Peter and I. So all right, let's yes. get to let's get to the loss. 14 to 12, bucks go down. You know, two costly fumbles uh, by the Buccaneer receivers, Perriman and Russell Gage cough it up. Remember, Buck fans, no, no Julio, no Mike Evans, no Godwin, no Donovan Smith. So, again, very depleted on offense. Again, a game effort by the Buccaneers. The defense was tremendous. You know, the Bucks held uh, Green Bay scoreless the last two and a half quarters of that game, gave up two early touchdown drives to 14-3 to three deficit. And they kind of grinded their way back in the game. And obviously, the two-point play uh, at the end goes for naught. Just your general thoughts of the game, Peter Blake. I mean, you you shoot yourself in the foot with the
2: fumbles, of course, because they stall out the drives. Uh, On top of it, you get no points. And then you get an opportunity to finally tie the game up, and you have a penalty, which is inexcusable. Uh, you, You let the play clock run down. Uh, you get five yards back and it makes it that much more difficult. And that's kind of like the way the game was all day long. I mean, it seemed like, uh, you know, one step forward, two steps back and this Bucks team knew how to shoot themselves in the foot, whether it was fumbles, whether it was penalties at critical times. I mean, that was the problem on Sunday. And with all that being said, with them not playing their best offensive game, missing all those wide receivers in an offensive lineman and all the offensive linemen shuffling throughout this whole process, they still had a chance to win the game because their defense. Yep. But the the two first drives, they were totally different. After that, they completely shut down Aaron Rodgers and that supposed high-powered green Bay Packer offense.
1: Yeah, you're right. No, I mean, again, first two drives went out of it. We got a little fortunate. We stopped them at the one yard line. We forced the fumble Vita Vea, Levante David on Aaron Jones, recover it. Cause we could have been in big trouble there at 21 three. So give the bucks again, the bucks made a play. It's not like he threw it right to us. We made a play, forced the fumble, recovered it. The heart, the thing, you know, if you're, if you're watching the game as a buck fan, the thing that you just is glaring that when we don't have Godwin Evans, and Julio is the, the explosive plays, the 20-yard plays. It seems like we're trying to go six yards, eight yards at a time, as opposed to chunk plays of you know 15 to 20 yards, the ability to go over the top. We didn't throw one deep ball, I don't think, in that Green Bay game, where the previous two games we threw some deep balls. I think that's the most glaring part of not having Evans, Godwin, and Julio is the ability to over the top of all. We just didn't have, you know, Scotty Miller's just not doing it. Beasley and and, and Perriman are not deep threats, really. Russell Gage is more of a slot guy. So to me, from an offensive perspective, the inability to have any chunk plays has been the thing that I noticed the most.
2: Yeah, definitely what you notice uh, with those injuries, of course, and then you you have wide receivers that you're usually not going to depend on, right? And you still get a big play by Jalen Darden. You go for like a – it looks like a double reverse, kind of like a fleet. That, yep. And Scotty Miller is not able to hold on to the ball guys. And that's the reason why you go after a Cole Beasley and more than likely Scotty Miller is not going to be on this team because it's the inconsistent play of Miller and the way he doesn't catch the ball. He's not making plays. He's not running correct routes. He's fumbling the football. When you put the ball on the ground with all that being said, I thought Russell Gage definitely uh, played well besides the fumble uh, yep. He definitely redeemed himself, but everybody else at the end of the day, you got to have better. You, and it wasn't good on Sunday, but once again, the Bucks still had
1: a chance to win that game. And the scary part is I've not seen the all 22 footage, but I bet on that double reverse pass, I bet we were going to have a huge play, if not a touchdown. Yep. Cause they had a guy running down the right sideline. I don't know who it was on the TV copy. You could see the guy running down the sideline. I don't know if there's a green Bay guy there or not. Maybe probably not. I bet. I bet if we saw that play on the on all 22, I bet that's a touchdown if, if they get the ball back to Brady.
2: And I'm coming back from Harry the Greek's professional handicapper extraordinaire to go do the post-game show from my apartment. And uh, basically, you hear on the radio, Dave Moore says it was a shame because that was a play that the Bucs worked on all week, yep. got the look that they wanted, yep. and they weren't able to execute. And you could sit there and say all day long, it wasn't the best play call, but at the end of the day
1: It's a great play call. It's a
2: great play call. Of course, if you execute, but if you don't execute, then of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and at the end of the day, that's the key to it. That that's the difference between winning the game and losing the game. And unfortunately, the Bucks lost on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean again the fumbles by the receivers, that's the that's the part when you're undermanned, you yep. can't cough up the ball like that. You you no. make you make, good, you make good inroads. You, you, and I don't think they were loose with the ball. I'm not going to say they were loose with it. It's just you can't fumble. When you're running in the middle, you're a receiver running those slant routes over the middle, and those crossing routes. You know the chop downs coming by the DBs. You got to figure out a way to hold on to the ball.
2: Yeah, and then on top of it, you have the penalty situation. We know you're already in a bind with uh, Brandon Walton starting at left tackle. I don't know what kind of technique that was, Jason Powers. It was like a first yeah. date there trying to – Maybe not a first date. Maybe, you know, maybe never a first date with the way he grabbed <laughs> that defense alignment by the neck there. You can't get away with that. I get it. You're a third string left tackle, and it nullifies an actual scramble by Tom Brady. Goes for like 15 to 20 yards. He's trying to improve yeah. that Madden rating with his speed, and it nullifies it because you get a penalty. Those are the type of situations on right. this team on Sunday. And it's just absolutely. Nerve-wracking,
1: right? Again, it's it's the growing pains of having a third-string left tackle in there. Again, if he doesn't hold the guy, he's Brady probably gets sacked and doesn't doesn't escape if he doesn't hold him. So it's kind of a you know. Trying to say Tom
2: Brady doesn't have wills like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Come on, man! Of course he's got those wills still. All right, let's
1: get to the defense. Again, another impressive performance by the defense. The DBs, Logan Ryan recovers the fumble, intercepts the ball, the the robber, kind of the over-the-middle ball. Great job by Todd Bowles adjusting after that second drive. You know, they, you know, schematically, they played really well. There just wasn't any. Again, they gave up one one little 25-yard go route to, to Lazard out of the slot there in the second half. But other than that, they it was a full lockdown on the on the Packers offense.
2: And they seem like they give Aaron Rodgers everything he can handle because he throws interceptions against this defense. Todd Bowles knows his tendencies, and then on top of it, we talked about the big-time matchup to shut down that two-headed monster and an AJ Dillon and of course an Aaron Jones. And they were not uh, they were not in that game plan because the Bucks defense once again that running uh, defense shut them down even without a Akeem Hicks. So you had everything you wanted at that point. You had possibly a second interception by Jamel Dean, who did it just a couple of years ago with that pick six. But once again, too many men on the field that nullifies that. But overall, there's not much you could say bad about the no. defense besides the first two drives, which has become a little bit of a problem. Jason Powers, you saw the start yep. with Dallas, right? Uh, they don't get off to great starts. Todd Bowles talked about it in his presser this week, how they have to get better. With starting the game and it comes down to communication and just effort and it wasn't there.
1: Are you worried are you worried at all about the lack of pressure for the most part from Shaq Barrett and, and uh, Tryon Shoyenka so far?
2: A little bit, but you know when Keem Hicks was in there, you saw the pressure from uh, Shaq Barrett. Joe Tryon Shoyenka was getting in there, you saw Logan Hall. They got to work on it and I'm not going to sit here and lie. You kind of wonder how much of a loss is Hicks on that defensive line, but I thought Nacho did a good job. Once again, I thought that run defense did a good job yep. by shutting down that two-headed monster. But you're exactly right; you have to get more pressure on Aaron Rodgers and against good quarterbacks, especially the one that's coming into town this week in a Patrick Mahomes.
1: I thought the up the I thought the middle pressure with Vay and Logan Hall and Golston was pretty good, but the but the edge pressure with again Shoyinka and then Shaq Barrett. Didn't see a whole lot of that during throughout the game, any, any with any kind of consistency. Agree,
2: but the, the, that's what it's for for those yep. guys in the middle there. If they're taking on those double and triple teams, you're usually going to free up. Right,
1: uh, that's so what I'm saying. They're they're, they're getting one on one matchups. They got to win.
2: But they got to win, and if you don't win those matchups, yes, that's a concern for me. So you got to do a better job. At the end of the day, though, it's like the legend says, uh, Leo Haggerty. That team gets paid. Also, the other right. team does and they got a guy by the
3: name of uh, what, David uh,
2: Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari on that left side. I mean, there's a reason why he's an all-pro, and he definitely took uh, Shaq and Joe on Shayinka to school on Sunday.
1: DB-wise, I thought, again, I'm still very impressed with what I'm seeing out of the DBs. Quality, they're not – the other thing I, I like that they're not doing, they're not getting called for the frivolous holdings and the illegal contacts that we saw Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean in the years past we struggle with technique they are playing very very good technique yeah they are and absolutely and it seems
2: like this back end is not only healthy but better off without a sean murphy bunting right because now you have a logan ryan you talked about him before with the interception the fumble recovery that veteran presence and then on top of it antoine winfield jr is just a man among boys playing that slot so right now that back end is solidified knock on wood if they can stay healthy you gotta yep. get more pressure on the quarterback but if you can do that your back end can play like that against you know look they're pretty good wide receivers there you had a rookie that kind of didn't kind of went off a little bit had a big play here and there but nothing that was you know too right. dramatic at the end of the day uh, for this team and it could be
1: argued on the first touchdown that Lazard clearly ran a pick play, and when Dobbs caught the first touchdown, that you could again—not it wasn't blatant, but it definitely could have been a called as a pick
3: play.
2: When are you not? When are you not going to? Why are you not calling that? That's what I right. understand. Why is it the NFL looking more at that? We saw that many times on Sunday, and yet there was no call. It's an illegal play. It's offensive pass interference, and for some reason they refused to call it. That's. The reason why they're doing it is the free right? to free them to I get it. I understand why they're doing it, but it's illegal. And if you're not going to make the call, then don't have it as a rule and have everybody else do it. You can't be getting away with that. That's an advantage to the other team.
1: Last thing we'll talk about, two-point play at the end. Do you blame Brady more, or do you blame Byron Leftwich for not getting the play in quicker?
2: I, I blame Byron Leftwich at that point, although Brady is trying to change the play, and if you look at the replay, He's got the right call because it yep. looks like Leonard Fournette's going to score on that run, but you, you got to—it's got to be a collective blame. It's got to be not only Brady but also Byron Leftwich, right? Because it nearly happened on the time. right. Time. Right. right. talked about this. So is that Brady? Is that coaching? Whatever it is, they got to get that stuff cleaned up because it's going to cost them games. And once again, it did cost them.
1: Yeah. The, the only thing I didn't like with Brady's, I didn't like him. St- you know, you, you caught him on camera turning to the sideline like, I wish I had a timeout. Well, Tom, you knew you didn't have a timeout. Right. And again, again, I'm not going to I don't know who's the fault. I mean, again, you, we don't know when the how fast the play gets in and how many plays were called and all that stuff. But, yeah. it, 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 but it, it's just tough because, like you said, I think Fournette walks in the end zone to tie the game there if he gets a snap off.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And is that on Todd Bowles? Is that clock management? I mean, those are the type of things that make you a head coach and a defensive coordinator. They separate you. And,
4: I think uh, that's.
1: I think that's not on Bowles. That's on Leftwich. Leftwich is calling the play. Leftwich. I mean, Bowles can't. I mean, he's Leftwich has got to get if if the play was in late. Leftwich has got to get the play in sooner. Yeah. And the and the, here's the weird part. You had a significant delay between the touchdown and the two point conversion. There was some there was a confirming of the touchdown to make sure Russell Gage caught it. So there was plenty of time to have your to to call your two plays. Because uh, obviously there was two plays called and, and Brady chose which play to use. But I mean, that's something that's got to be that play's got to get called in where Brady has plenty of time to make the necessary check at the line of scrimmage. Agree. And you have a minute, right? I mean,
2: when you you tie up the game, but you're going down there, you're thinking you're going to get the ball with Brady. He's going to lead you down there to try to tie the game up. You have all that time to think about what you're going to call for that two-point conversion if you're successful because you know going in that if you get that touchdown, you're going to have to have that conversion to tie it. And you're not able to think, uh, you know, more than that. I mean, it just seemed like they were unprepared. It's just a a whole thing microcosm of the day. Like it was just, it was something weird about it. Offense was off, defense was off to a certain degree in the first half. You had penalties, you had mental mistakes. We talk about it all the time. It goes back to what Tony Dungy preached when he came on and was the, was the Buccaneer head coach in his first couple years. It's all about mental mistakes. And when you commit those mental mistakes, they're going to cost you. So, Right. You got to do that. You got to do. Look, you can maybe get away with that for the Dallas Cowboys, even the New Orleans Saints, because they're not good right now. But against a top flight team like the Green Bay Packers, and even with that performance on Sunday, I don't think they're a top flight team. And in fact, I feel like if the Bucks have Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or Holy Jones and all those, uh, compl- if they have
1: one of them, they win. If Evans plays yeah. that, if Evans plays in that game, they win the game. I, I am convinced of that. That they just, you know.
2: Play. Right. Do you walk away thinking the Packers are better? No, I don't. In fact, I feel like if the Packers meet the Bucks again in an NFC Championship game and it happens to be in Lambeau because yep. you won the tiebreaker, I feel good about the Bucks because they can travel, because they have a run game, they have a defense, and then eventually this offense will get it together. Yeah. Hopefully, get it together, and it starts with the injury situation and Jason Powers. It's got to improve. I mean, they got to get. I think be I- back
1: i think godwin's probably another he's probably won't play again i don't know i would guess he wouldn't play this week and he'd probably be back for week five hopefully julio again we've not heard any news of what really the the issue is with julio's knee is it a ligament issue is it just a a bruise kind of we don't know obviously evans will be evans will be back you got gage you'll have beasley more involved as another week in the system so um all right before we get to paul stewart and the Kansas City montage of clips and audio and all that good stuff uh, provided by buckpower.com. Talk to me about hurricane preparation. It's going to be a tricky week for the Buccaneers. You know, we got the hurricane we're dealing with here. The Bucks have already moved to Miami. They're going to be training in Miami. We don't know where the game at the time of this recording. We don't know where the game's going to be yet. yet. Is it going to be in Tampa Sunday night? There's talk of maybe moving it somewhere to the Midwest, maybe New Orleans because New Orleans is playing in London. We don't know yet what's going to be the case. We'll depend on what the severity of the storm is that, that comes through the Tampa Bay area. Just your thoughts on the on the the interruption of their normal preparation of having to travel to Miami, do all that stuff, in, not in your normal confines. We know it can be a distraction, right? But Tom Brady talked
2: about it on his Let's Go podcast how it shouldn't be a distraction, how they're going to have to prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, if you're looking at it from that uh, point of view, then it shouldn't be a distraction. But let's get realistic. You're possibly evacuating for a Category 3 or for Hurricane. You're not sure if it's going to hit or not. The Tampa Bay area got some great news today because it looks like it's on the same track as Charlie, which means it's going to go south. It doesn't necessarily mean you're out of the woods. You're still going to have some wind damage at the end of the day. And Right. Because the storm is moving slow and it's out in the Gulf, it's getting stronger and stronger. When it hits land, it's going to weaken. But it's going to sit there, and you're going to have some flooding. So will the National Football League do what the NCAA did today? And that was USF. They moved their game uh, down south to Boca Raton to play there. Uh, Will the NFL do the same thing? Will they go to Minneapolis? Will they go to uh, New Orleans at this point and play at a neutral site? Or will it be one of those type of games that Paul Stewart is going to talk about from 1979? Where it's basically (laughs) a monsoon where you have to kick field goals. Who knows at this point? But I right. think the advantage is that uh, the Bucks won't have to compete with another team playing on that field, although <laughs> what is going to be the level of conditions on Sunday night? You hope that hurricane's out of here. But if it's moving 10 miles an hour, you know, it goes back to the meme there. You know, a hurricane is like a, a turtle stalking you. It's going as slow – as possible and that's what this storm is doing right now
1: the good thing is that that usf who was scheduled to play their saturday their game has been moved to boca raton so they're not going to tear up even if the field was in decent shape they're not going to be there to tear the field up i think if you're the nfl you want brady and mahomes in tampa sunday night for national tv obviously the weather's going to be a dictator of that but if the weather's okay after friday i think they're going to play that game sunday night in tampa because again huge national television audience Mahomes Brady Sunday night they don't want that game in Minneapolis or New Orleans if they can avoid it they want to they want Tampa to have a home crowd a primetime Sunday night clash of the two titans of Mahomes and Brady so I think they'll make the decision on Friday the NFL will again I think they're going to do everything they can to play it in Tampa I think the 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 field will be in good condition because you know the field's covered they're not letting the field get destroyed by all the rain but the logistics of having security and parking lots and people and all that stuff—that's the issue that the NFL and the Buccaneers and the Tampa Bay community have got to be able to to be able to have to make sure they can cover the logistics of hosting a big game like that on Sunday night. And of course, you don't want the fans to lose that home game because you just had
2: that uh, crowd of over sixty-nine thousand, the largest crowd in Raymond James history. Right. Got the momentum at this point, Super Bowl Fifty Five. I mean you weren't even able to have that many bucks fans for that super bowl so now you have that right. opportunity to have it on sunday night football and the Bucs, hopefully will hopefully the weather will cooperate but how interesting is it that once again we are talking about the bucks tom brady Going down with the Miami Dolphins there in training, once again, the Miami Dolphins in the conversation. I mean, it's been controversy all offseason, and once again, how ironic <laughs> that the Bucks are practicing down there at Miami Dolphins facility, which, by the way, the Dolphins are 3-0. Right. How about that? <laughs> it's like the NFL just t- tries to work this all out when it comes down to storylines. It's just a beautiful thing. We're early on in this season – and it's just been unbelievable. I mean, who would have thought that the Miami Dolphins would be 3-0?
1: Give him credit.
2: The Give Ken them credit. Losing his mind after not being able to get the call. I mean, I would like to see Byron Leftwoods like that. But did you see Ken Dorsey? They're trying to win, with, and they're not able to, to get the get the ball down there, to uh, dunk it down so they can stop the clock. And then you have the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 3-0. and a lot of people say they haven't played anybody, but hey, that's the NFL schedule. That was a team last year that got eliminated by the Bucks in the first round. Now people saying that's the best team in the National Football League. We shall see, because it's early.
1: It's early. All right, so we're going to go to Paul Stewart, buckpower.com. He's going to give us our montage, audio, and video clips of the Kansas City chiefs Bucks rivalry. I'm sure you will hear 1979 back in the day. So enjoy Paul Stewart and the buckpower.com montage with the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with our preview of Sunday night football, Bucks chiefs hopefully Raymond James Stadium. We'll be back in just a minute.
4: The Bucks and the Chiefs have met on 13 previous occasions in regular season. It was one postseason game we'll get to too. But the regular season currently stands 7-6 Tampa Bay with wins in five of the last six meetings. The first meeting came in week 8 of the expansion season and was seen as one of the last realistic chances the Bucs have had of winning a game against one of the weaker AFC teams. The Tampa Bay offense actually scored three touchdowns, albeit they missed two of the extra points. Steve Spurrier had touchdown passes to tight end Jack Novak and wide receiver John McKay Jr., but the Bucs would fall short 28-19. to Three years later, and it was the season finale in a monsoon at Tampa Stadium. The Bucks had to win to make the playoffs for the first time, and in the lowest scoring game in franchise history, one Neil O'Donoghue field goal was enough. Ricky Bell carried 39 times for 137 yards. The Chiefs were held to a record low 80 yards of total offense, and the Bucks were in the postseason. The 1984 encounter set a then-NFL record as Steve DeBerg and Bill Kelly combined to throw 100 passes, but the Chiefs came out on top to start a four-game winning streak. One of those was in 1993, the season opener at Tampa Stadium, a game that isn't officially the hottest ever played in Tampa. It was also Joe Montana's first game with the Kansas City Chiefs after all those years with the 49ers. But then came a Buccaneer win streak, 1999, thanks to Dave Moore, and 2004, on the back of Michael Pittman.
0: Two short years ago, Dishman was a Pro Bowl, then he was cut last year by Washington, first and ten. Dilled a great time, wide open the tight end, Dave Moore! He goes into works he breaks the tackle, it's a touchdown!
3: Second down and eight at the 22. Here's the pitch, Pittman, following the flaggers with the.
4: Now, the Buccaneers, of course, have only had four kick return touchdowns in their history, and they came in consecutive seasons. And after Michael Spurlock's legendary moments against Atlanta, came Clifton Smith's effort, which was against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bucs were 24 3 down at that time, but came back to win an arrowhead as Jeff Garcia tied the scores in the final minute, and then Matt Bryant won it in overtime
3: do it if they keep playing like they've been playing in the red zone oh gosh they won't be able to do anything if they do that they've got to turn the field goals into touchdowns starting right now smith smith has had some nice returns all day he could take this one a missed tackle and clifton smith will score 97 yards and tony baselli we were just talking about it what do the buccaneers have to do to get back in it well that's a big step in the right direction Buccaneers need to score, they need a touchdown, Garcia, very close to the line, bad throw, got it in, touchdown Tampa Bay! Throw inside, they got it, that's Smith! from 34 yards out to win it. It's clean. No markers are down. Game over. Tampa Bay fights back and wins here in Kansas City.
4: In 2012, the Bucks won a game against the Chiefs 38-10. It was not even that close as Josh Freeman threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns and Rondé Barber had another interception return. 2020, a game that dropped the Bucs to 7-5 and five and had people wondering if they would even make the postseason. They would not lose a game, of course. This was the day that Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards receiving in the first quarter alone, and the Bucs came roaring back but fell just short in the end. And then, of course, we come to the Super Bowl. February 2021, a game that I had to watch sitting in an apartment on my own as I could not fly across to take advantage of the ticket the Buccaneers had for me. Rob well, Gronkowski had two touchdowns, playoff Nenny had a score, and the Buccaneers were world champions for a second time. Second drive. <laughs>
3: now it starts to stop again. Brady, play action. Looking. Third option. Inside. Oh, Gronkowski again with the touchdown. Fournette. Fournette. Fournette.
4: Four Touchdown, Tampa Bay. And of course, you can look back on every single game the Bucks have played against the Chiefs on BuckPower.com. Every player, every game, everything Bucks.
1: All right, we are back. No quarter given podcast. Hopefully I'm sure you enjoyed. I know I did was the montage Kansas City Chiefs. Again, that's part of this podcast. Every week this year, Paul's going to be giving a four or five minute spiel about the rivalry between the Bucks and their opponent with audio clips, video clips. Remember, buckpower.com is your unofficial, historical, only place to go for all things Bucks. Peter, tell everybody how great buckpower.com is, my man. I mean, again, it takes me back to my
2: days of being an eight year old kid and loving the Bucks, and you forget some of those things. But if you go to this website, buckpower.com, you start to reminisce. You start to feel like that 8-year-old fan that used to tell his daddy all the time that, you know what, the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. And, of course, my dad used to say, you're a damn homer. But still, you get to go back there and reminisce. It's always good to see those old games, even though some of them, the majority of them, were blowouts. It's always good to see some of those big-time wins in Bucks history, and that's what you can do with BuckPower.com. Paul Stewart does a great job talking to him today. He said, uh, "Yeah, I'm gonna be down there in a week. Uh, I, I can't believe it. You know, the the weather right now is terrible, but in a week it'll be better." And I said, "Yep, uh, Florida's weather's like a bipolar woman; can't decide what it wants to do."
1: And we're gonna see Paul. Like I said, "Paul's coming for the Atlanta game, so yeah. we're gonna we're actually all gonna get together. Me, Paul, you, and TJ Reeves. We're gonna have a little dinner with Paul. Yeah. Paul Paul's got some buckpower.com t-shirts, some right. uh, computer, uh, some mouse pads." So we're mouse. going to be sporting all things BuckPower.com, baby. I need a mouse pad.
2: i tell you right now, I need a mouse pad. I need two mouse pads because, of course, I got my phone job back here, so I have to have that. I don't have a mouse pad. And sometimes when you're trying to scroll along and you don't have a mouse pad, it's it's totally difficult. Like, I want to throw the mouse yeah. through the damn wall. So that will definitely be helpful. And, of course, you know, we need that swag. We need those shirts there to show off BuckPower.com. That's so look it. That's it. it. I wanna know who's gonna buy dinner. You big shot there, uh, Jason Powers. My well,
1: I, I gotta to be order. I I gotta be careful when you're ordering because you you go to town on them chicken wings, man. You <laughs> <laughs> you're like Jameis licking them fingers, man. You oh, yeah, you man. You, okay. you go to ta- you get them you then then your eyes get all lit up when those waitresses come by those Hooters waitresses. <laughs> I gotta put I gotta I gotta reel you in, man. <laughs> hey
2: man. Know me. I'm always doing it. I'm always doing it good there. So ladies of
1: Tampa, watch out with Peter Blake. Get some chicken wings in them, man.
2: Listen, I'm gonna be 44 on Monday. (laughs) Like I'm 24. All right. Especially when I go out to Hooters or I go out to one of those wing joints and have some have some great chicken wings. Absolutely. Why not? Let's throw it out there.
1: (laughs) Gotta look at the scenery too, man.
2: That's it. Gotta love it. (laughs) The talent is plentiful.
1: Oh God. All right. Let's get to the Kansas city chiefs. The Kansas city who comes off a upset loss in Indianapolis. They lose 20 to 17 Sunday, Matt Ryan hits, throws a late touchdown. They, they have, Kansas city has some kicking issues. Amadola gets cut as the kicker of Kansas city, missed a field goal and an extra point. Keep key element here. We don't know who Kansas city's kicker is going to be. Probably not going to be Butker. Butker's probably going to be out another week. They're going to sign another kicker. So we don't know who the kicker is again advantage bucks when it comes to the special teams i think with the kicking game suck-ups kicked very well so far this year you know uh no tyreek hill the last time tyreek was in the building other than the super bowl the last regular season game he torched the buccaneers if you if buck fans remember that huge first quarter he had like 175 yards in the first quarter and and I, carlton davis was still chasing him down as we speak from a couple years back but the kansas city offense has definitely changed. Again, not as explosive. You still have Travis Kelsey again. Like I mentioned in the Dallas game, don't let Travis Kelsey ruin this game either. Don't let him be the killer.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I remember the 31-9 to 9, uh, shutout, the three field goals. That's what I remember, Super Bowl 55, because that defense – started to put it together, and they have gotten back to that level in these last three games. So I think they can do it. And then on top of it, you talk about special teams. Look, you have to have all three facets, right? Offense, defense, and special teams. Not only do they have a kicking problem, but also a return problem with Sky Moore fumbling the ball, giving the Colts that short field, and they took advantage of it. I mean, how shocked were you that the Colts, who are looking like one of the worst teams in the National Football League, I get it. They're at home. They need that win. It's a must win, but they beat the Kansas city chiefs and not only beat the Kansas city chiefs, but shut them down to 17 points. Yep. I feel like the bucks defense is a lot better than the Colts. Just saying.
1: No, I mean, I think, again, I think, I think you've seen a change in the offensive scheme of not the scheme of Kansas city, but the, the explosiveness you don't have. I mean, other than Valdez Scantley, who's a good player. He ain't great. You don't have the guy that's going to blow the top off that the defense has to say, Hey, Every play, Tyreek Hill was getting double teamed, him or Kelsey. Now you can focus your attention more on Kelsey. Don't let him kill you, and now you can play those other receivers pretty pretty much straight up if you need to. And I think you'll see that the the, the scheme of Todd Bowles' defense get after get after Mahomes. You might blitz him a little more than you used to in the past. So I think that's going to be a kill. But for me, the Bucks offensively, let's get the lead. Let's get out to t- a ten point lead. Let's get up ten. 10- you know, 14-3, to three, you know, 17-7, to seven, kind of like, I want to see the Buccaneers play with the lead as opposed to playing from behind like we have in the last couple of games.
2: Agree, and that's what it comes down to because once you get that lead, then you can start to run the ball. But if you don't have the lead, then you kind of become one-dimensional, don't you, and that's exactly what you don't want to do. Although, you're going to have the return of Mike Evans, possibly Julio Jones, because according to Todd Bowles, Julio could have played in that game last week. And maybe Chris Godwin gets healthy. But at the end of the day, it's got to be better than, what, 14, 15 points a game? That is not a Bucs offense. They're more explosive than that. And I think they can definitely take advantage of this Kansas City Chiefs team because, as you mentioned, no Tyreek Hill anymore. So you don't have that explosive nature to your offense. You have Valdez Scantling. You have
1: uh, a Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, The run game is never okay. It's okay.
2: at best it's, it's it's, it's nothing to write home about. And that defense is not that great. So this is a winnable game. Yes. At the end of the day, you have to defend a Patrick Mahomes and it seems like Todd Bowles and that defense have done it in the past. Why not do it again on Sunday night football on NBC?
1: And I want to see red zone efficiency. I think with Evans back in the fold, another week of, of play calling with, with Gage and Beasley in the mix, Cam Breit got some more touches in the red zone. You saw Brait was focused a little bit in the red zone. He had five catches last week. So I think he's going to get more and more touches. You saw Kyle Rudolph get a catch. Let's hopefully he gets integrated a little bit more. And, again, I think you're going to see, again, maybe Donovan Smith's back. And if Donovan Smith's back, that helps the running game a little bit better as well. Again, all kudos to Brandon Walton for giving a good effort. But Donovan Smith clearly is a better player at left tackle. I mean, how many Donovan Smith fans are out there now? Because I know there's a lot of fans that hated his play, but after seeing Brandon Walton. And- he wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible. Right. But his technique wasn't
2: as good as Donovan Smith. I'll take Donovan Smith, and I get it again. And you know, maybe Rob Gronkowski being back in the fold because he was watching the game on Sunday. Maybe he's getting that itch. Maybe it happens sooner than later, especially with him watching that offense. You got to think. His buddy is Tom Brady, and he can see that Brady is struggling right now. And you have to say that is a big time concern, especially when you get into that red zone. You don't have a big target like a Rob Gronkowski. So I'm just waiting any day now for. The I'm,
1: ho- I'm holding to my prediction. Halloween, brother. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween a month, another month, because he's going to need a couple. He's going to need to get a couple weeks of ramping up at practice and getting. You know, again, who knows if he's training or not. But if he, I bet he probably is to some degree, uh, just from a just from a general health perspective. But he's going to need a couple of weeks to get ramped up if he decides to do that. I think Halloween is is the time when that Rob Gronkowski talk will start heating up. Personally,
2: I like it. I like it. A All lot. right,
1: give me a prediction.
2: Uh i'll tell you what we'll go 31 to 20 tampa bay over kansas city i swear to god
1: i mean you didn't rehearse this that was the exact score i was thinking 31 20 i swear to god
2: well i mean (laughs) great minds think alike right i mean that's why we're the tag team partners of the world right i think that is because you're going to have the return of mike evans which is going to help your offense tremendously it's going to take the pressure off those other guys russell gage i think Will be healthy, of course. Uh, You have Rashard Perryman and possibly get back a Julio Jones or a Chris Godwin. And then, uh, once again, I think like you, I think that defense can shut down that offense. I think there was always going to be that factor of how is Mahomes going to respond without a Tyree kill? And we've seen it. He's had some games where he's thrown touchdowns lots of touchdowns, what, five touchdowns the first game versus the Cardinals, and then where he struggled, and I feel like that's the advantage for yep. Todd Foles. He already knows his tendencies. He's going to look at that tape. They're going to see what uh, Indianapolis did against him, what the Bucks did against him in the Super Bowl. They're going to combine that, combine that effort, and it's going to work out on Sunday Night Football. My key up, my
1: defensive matchup to look for, who's going to cover Kelsey? Is it Winfield? Is it... Logan Ryan is it Jamel Dean how, how, do, how do they mix and match that coverage David
2: it's you know Levante right David did a hell of a job in the Super Bowl you saw right. that also so uh, you may have to if mix, if it, up.
1: Not, mix well, it up mix it up
2: I would double on him and force yes. those other wide receivers to beat you. And guess what, Jason Powers? They can't do it. They're not good enough to win those one-on-one matchups versus those corners. That's how I would play this.
1: I agree. I think, again, don't let Kelsey don't let Kelsey catch 10 balls for 130 yards and two touchdowns kind of deal. I mean, that's, that's how you get beat in that kind of game is if you let that guy beat you. So I think we're both in agreement, 31-20. I do think the offense is going to get busy again, and I think you're going to see some – again – motivation the bucks have got some got some uh, adversity this week with the hurricane pr- preparation you got the matchup of brady and mahomes prime time so i think you're going to get it amped up buccaneer roster coming into sunday night hopefully the game's in raymond james stadium we'll see but uh, again buccaneer fans we're here for you buckpower.com uh no quarter given peter blake tell everybody where they can find you real quick
2: yeah it's the sports web usually on monday and wednesday nights we're taping this on tuesday but once again monday wednesday nights nine o'clock i love st pete the hub and amped up sports three things bring your passion bring your excitement just don't bring any nonsense
1: and remember find out no quarter given podcast as well as for the football insiders in my powers on sports podcast and all your podcast platforms and peter as we as we get out of here what do we want to say let's go Have a great week, Buck fans, and stay safe, okay? We'll see you next time, No Quarter Given
0: Podcast. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given Podcast. And make sure for the best in historical Buck coverage, you go to BuckPower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com Podcast Network.